He's hit about that point when you're about two years out of college after you've got your first real job where you are just now incredibly into weed culture because you finally have some money to spend on it. Yeah, he's just buying like QPs, not even to smoke it, just to have it lying around so when people come over, he can point at it like, huh? Huh? It's weed. (laughs) (laughs) You guys want to do some weed? Can you explain the the unsupperable thing again, though? Because if I know anything from Brett, it's that this boy's not missing supper. If you know, what I mean. yeah, I don't know where I was Fuck going. Off. With that. I-, <laughs> I assume since we're talking weed, Rob is still on making fun of me. Oh, extremely. Never no, I was saying. <laughs> don't even try. Would you like to do some dabs, Brett? <laughs> Have you guys ever played Smash Brothers on weed? That's yeah. a joke from fucking that fucking weed movie. Whatever, fuck it, whatever. Well, let's get into this. What was the weed movie? What was uh, the one with uh, Dave oh, Chappelle the, and uh, yeah, the Chappelle one? Um, uh, half baked. God, half baked. There we yeah. go. <laughs> so, so, so it was John Stewart in that scene, I believe, right? Yeah, that was John yep. Stewart's. Like, have you ever looked at the ten dollar bill on weed? And and what you've done there is say, have you ever? Oh played, God damn it! God played damn it. Smash yeah. Brothers. <laughs> yep. We can move on at any time. No, we'll, let's investigate. Brett, have you played Smash Brothers on weed? Of course. You say of course, but when was the first time you did that? <laughs> no, let's answer the question, please. Uh, the last year. Do you All save right. your residue so that you can make shatter? No. What the hell is shatter? What the fuck is shatter? (laughs) I live in a legal state. I don't need to scrape. (laughs) Well, sometimes you have to you have to draw out your your budget. You know, it's like it's like you have to use every part of the animal. (laughs) I don't know what shatter is still. It's very enlightened. Oh, uh, just just this for everyone in the audience. Just Google it if you don't know what it is. And then, oh, you can sound a little smart around your weed friends. Yeah, put us on a list. So you can sound. <laughs> it's not like can, it's Jankum or something. Like you can sound a little smart around your weed friends. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but listen. I'm always worried about impressing my stoner friends, and I just there's just no way to use their lingo. Well, were, John has a solution for you. If you're a person currently flipping over an old school reporter like Notepad to go shatter equals weed stuff parentheses impress friends question mark. <laughs> then please feel free to join our Discord because you yeah. found the level. Yeah. <sighs> Shatter. Uh, I am going to embarrass myself so hard when the beep, when the beep, beep lettuce guys show up. Is that, re- is Shatter really, a, 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 that is a real yes. thing? It's yes, not it's something you thing. and your friends yes. made up? No. It's a real thing. Okay. I, well, I don't. Thank you. Hard, hard pass on Shatter. The only Shatter I need is Shiva's Limit Break from Final Fantasy VIII. If you... <laughs> if you Oh, Final Fantasy VIII sucks. Oh. Yeah, that one, that one was terrible. I cannot, could not get into that. Oh, come on. It made perfect sense. So it's you the are... first introduction of a gunblade. Get out of here. Yeah, That's... which is... Oh, that, that yep. was not the first example yeah, of a gunblade in anime. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, I can tell we're getting heated. In. I can tell we're getting heated. Let's not well, cross-talk. Play, play those bells in Notre Dame now. <laughs> Have you heard of a game called Wild Arms? No. <laughs> yeah, good because it was terrible. It was one of the first RPGs on the PlayStation One. 
That uh, oh, uh, the graphics on that were just horrific. I play games for the gameplay and the storytelling, not the graphics. You fucking philistine. <laughs> <laughs> so why were you playing Final Fantasy VIII? Ah oh, shit! Uh, I'll have you know, at the time. It was a four CD PlayStation game. Oh, I remember. I had it. Don't. It was, uh... Don't. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we got through the Straits of CDs Nuts unscathed. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like, the, uh, the great thing about Final Fantasy VIII, I didn't do this at the time, was that like you didn't actually have to fight any monsters because the, everything leveled up with you. So if you just withdrew and then like linked a hundred of something to a spell, you could like moonwalk through the game. Yeah, it was fucking dope. It, it had a wild story, and it taught you that, again, you are your dad, you fuck your mom at some point, a witch makes you travel in time, and you can game the system in a way that's arbitrary and unfair. Look, if that doesn't relate to you, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Final Fantasy three, you could recruit one of those little Moogle things, and it killed things with dancing. That was great. I don't like how you dismissively pretended you don't know about Moogles. Uh, of course I know no, what Moogles that, are. But. That was not passing. Everyone here knows the truth. <laughs> <laughs> say the thing they say. Say it, John. Upo? Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome. The defense rests. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my version of a few good men. What do Moogles say? I don't know what Moogles say. What do they say? Kupo. <laughs> They say Koopo, <laughs> god damn it. Welcome back. This is. Oh, hold on. <coughs> no, go. This is it. <coughs> no, I, I'm not. No, fuck your coffee. <laughs> <coughs> oh, y'all ever think about socialism? <laughs> you guys ever done socialism on weed? Damn, a, a joke so good he brought it back. Round two. <laughs> 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 all right everybody welcome to dumb and awful this is brett at relentless board you can follow the show at dumb awful show this is rob at dumb and awful first take no further questions please all right this is john at uh cali underscore tff uh and this is brad at fizz for shizzle if you can figure that out you can follow me damn that's like one of those crazy puzzle books where you're like hmm there's really no end game here, but here I am, yes. <laughs> which is really what, what, what we're looking for in fans of this pod. So this was actually one of my the most entertaining things I saw this week, which that Grimes has a new concept for her album, and it's to quote unquote make climate change fun. And she was describing it how like she'd be. She's sitting naked at a table like it's the Last Supper, only she's surrounded by endangered animal corpses. And she, Grimes, Miss Anthropocene, is eating the bloodied bits of raw flesh like I'm eating an elephant head. She's got bigger plans even than that. What I really want to do are these pro-apocalypse PSAs where I light a tree on fire and I'm like, she snaps her fingers, does jazz hands, climate change. Yeah. Or I'm there eating zebras and elephants, all this terrible stuff. Ideally, she'd like to see these PSAs on MSNBC. 
So that Elon Musk relationship kind of really went south, huh? I mean, there are people. There's Elon Musk has done a lot of bad shit, like making a terrible car and wasting money with rockets. But honest to God, the worst thing he's done is ruin Grimes. Ruin. Oh yeah. Oh, it, it's ruin. It's, yeah. I mean, have you seen if she's trying to change her name now and she wants to assassinate the Grimes name or something? It's it's kind of sad. What are you trying to say, Rob? You don't like Grimes? I'm not a big music Grimes wise. Fan. Yeah, not not my thing. <sighs> I, I really like that song Oblivion and in general like I like her for the same reason I like Joanna Newsom weird voice give, no, me, no. give me an indie singer with a weird ass voice and I'm into it I mean she was great but I'm just saying this is like this is like Kanye of the last three years versus like when Kanye was making like power you know like yeah it's, it's not <laughs> it's not it anymore yeah I mean when I see Elon and her together I'm like alright he got some dirty sneaker inbred out of the woods paps beer bus Pussy methadone junkie running around town, <laughs> spilling his business all because he needed a date to the Met Gala to hide his tiny dick from Amber. Like, that's oh, my damn. take. <laughs> damn! Wow. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just saying this bitch got no marrow. Oh. <laughs> now, what happened between like Azalea, whomever the fuck? And those two, what was the story with that? Literally what you just heard, because I've been reading it off her Instagram. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a little too Hollywood reporter for me. <laughs> yeah, whatever. E Elon's like, I smoke weed now. Do you have any black friends? And she's like, I mean, I kind of know Azalea Banks. That's the only one. <laughs> invited her over and she was like, yo, you guys are weird as fuck and I'm weird as fuck. So oh, time to yeah, bail. Oh, that. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Was okay. that around the time that Elon like like did the weakest drag off a blunt ever for that webcast that everyone made fun of him for? You mean yep. the Joe Rogan experience, the preeminent, yep. the, the Dick Cavett <laughs> of our time inexplicably? Yes, that is what happened. <laughs> I mean, in a way, that's kind of baller. Like, you ever get so high the SEC f files a lawsuit against you? <laughs> I was about to say, like... <laughs> Have you ever like made an FCC violation or no, was it, it was a security exchange commission. Sorry. Yeah. Like your stories are like one time uh, I was a little high and I was on first street and third Ave. And I asked, I went up to a cop and I said, which way is Houston street? And it's really Houston street. So he must've known I was high. Elon Musk is tanking his stock with every hit off that blunt. <laughs> that was, that was about a month after he goes, uh, it, where he just decided to call a guy a pedophile for not using his submarine. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He he has had a good year, hasn't he? Oh, it's been great. Elon's killing it. I pour one out to a real one. Yeah, yeah. When you're on one, you cannot be stopped. Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the kind of energy I want. All right. Uh, so the BBC this week had to do a uh, special explanation for all of the non-Americans who read their site. They, ha they did this. Uh, BBC, if you've never read it. Uh, online does this thing where they'll they like to break out their articles into simplified question and answer to help idiots like me understand what they're talking about so they'll some issue will happen they'll be like who said this what was the response uh and this one they were doing an article about trump and halfway through they had the big bolded section and it was how often do u.s officials invoke religion 
and then an explanation for how we're uh, constantly invoking religion. And we actually have a uh, Bible study group in the cabinet now. Yeah, Pompeo, Pompeo says God may have sent Trump to save Israel from Iran, which is nice that he's leaving himself some wiggle room there. Well, it's one, <laughs> you want to be ambiguous when it comes to the divine creator. But I just like that. That here, it's like, yeah, okay, not even a news story. In the BBC, they're like, their audience is like, oh my God, that's alarming. And they have to explain like, yeah, it is, but no, it's not. Like, yes, it is alarming that uh, you would think that Trump was sent by God to save Israel. But no, it's not alarming because that's just basically how deranged American politics is. So, you know. The May is doing a lot of heavy lifting in this one. Uh, this comes on the heels, of course, of Pompeo uh, backing a coup in Venezuela that failed miserably and never even got off the ground. So it's nice that he can, you know, run into the loving embrace of God and say that Trump is here really divinely to save Israel from Iran, which poses no threat to it. Hey, listen, when someone comes up and tells you that he can deliver you half the military, you just got to trust him that they're going to that they're going to coup. They're going to coup like crazy. Look, I mean, who can blame him? He went to Bible study. Um, John Bolton said that if you look at First Timothy with the right appreciation of the Ephesian politics of the time, uh, we can see fairly clearly that God wants us to coup Venezuela. <laughs> you're, you're quoting unpopular parts of the Bible. Like these kind of people know like I'll have like you know five. that was written by St. Paul. Unpopular. My <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm just saying, yeah, like, I'm, which parts of the Bible are popular, John? What are no, the, what are the, saying, yeah, what are yeah, the yeah, real I'm, juicy passages? Leviticus. When you talk to evangelicals. Some bangers. Like, Bible jokes. When you, I'm just saying, when you get to like the evangelical sect, they don't want fucking people re actually reading the goddamn Bible. They want to quote like 10 things from it. And half of them are just Old Testament shit about how you can't masturbate. I mean, it checks out. I, I want to say the best thing about Venezuela, though, is it really shows that the um, evangelical right in the United States doesn't just hate Muslims. They also hate Catholics. And I think oh, that's nice. really the big <laughs> takeaway here is that they yeah, want that is all the us. Thing. They want all of us papists to go to our little like mini hell called purgatory and just sit there and shut. Well, the you fuck can just up. call it Southern Ireland. You don't have to dress it up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's one for the Royal Ulsterbury Constable. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, when we're talking purgatory, you you know, when you guys describe like Georgia or parts of Florida, that just kind of sound like, how could it be worse? Oh, my God. Then, then oh, it can be way worse than Georgia. Like no, Miss no, not Mississippi. Atlanta, not the good parts of oh, Georgia. The I'm worst part about, of like, Georgia is better than the best part of Mississippi. Is better I, than the best part of Florida. Me and Brett disagree on this, but... You know, yeah, it's an eternal debate. I was in the area. I have family in the area that you think is so bad and it's delightful. The seasons at least change. So it still sucks, but there's some variance in the way that it sucks, or at least the aesthetics are different. Florida's just like, Hey, today it's never ending. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Today's forecast is relentless and <laughs> un <laughs> It's just relentless and mitigating hell. But the beaches are nice. No, they're not. No, they're really bad. <laughs> they fucking suck. You got Siesta Key and fucking Daytona's good for skimboarding. And if either of those things appeal to you, fuck you. Well, didn't like half the beaches on the western coast of Florida just get destroyed anyway? Uh, Pensacola hasn't been destroyed yet, so there's not a god. Um, Miami's been under red tide for the last year. Uh, people, people in the condos are getting respiratory illnesses. So 
Uh, critical support for my red tide. Cue, <laughs> cue the Soviet anthem. <laughs> no, I just think I like the, the, I don't know this, this. I just find it funny that, um, like if the Jewish people have been waiting for a Messiah all these years and it's literally Trump, like that's an amazing reversal by God. <laughs> <laughs> Owned. Owned. Or just like every great leader of in like Jewish history, it, it's not that big a reversal because they're all basically Trump. But like, was it? it has, hasn't Israel always been looking for a military leader to deliver them from whatever? And every time in the past that someone came up, like Rome just came in and destroyed them like over and over again until Hadrian finally said, no, get the fuck out. I'm tired of this. Not a lot of Roman history fans in here. All right. All right. Yeah, <laughs> Look, great. A little light on that. Uh. When I made that riff about the second temple period and Sun Me, I didn't think I'd actually have to defend it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, we'll move on. I just, I, I, it really tickles me about the Pompeo saying God may have been sent to save Israel. There's actually a quote there where a reporter asked if, quote, President Trump right now has been sort of raised for such a time as this, just like Queen Esther, to help save the Jewish people from an Iranian menace. That's a real question the CIA director got asked after leaving his Bible study. And like, again, if that's the solution, like, uh, okay, sure. So one of the holiest sites in Israel is Masada where they had this big battle against Rome and they all sacrificed themselves and died. Trump refused to go because they wouldn't land a helicopter for him right there. He would have had to walk. So he said, nah, this is fine. I don't need to see this, you know, 2000 year old battle site that you guys venerate incredibly. I don't want to walk up this ramp. I forgot about, that's a great example of how insane the world is. I forgot. He was literally like, Masada, it doesn't even have a helicopter ramp. I don't see why you would fight to defend it. (laughs) (laughs) 1800 years ago very bad poor where's the helicopter access make judea great again i don't know fuck that no that's that's make judea great again (laughs) that that's i've actually turned actually trump is the messiah and every person of prominence in the bible has basically been a reincarnation of trump king david is trump (laughs) folks this Bathsheba, i saw her bathing the other day now she's married to a hittite i said "Uh uh-oh a lot of leaders wouldn't have taken action, but I did. Remains unclear if it was consensual. What can you do? What can you do? <laughs> I sent her husband to die at the front lines. It's fine. For, it, it, we'll see how it works out. <laughs> these generals, these generals, some of the best in the Levant. I fucked most of their wives. Not all, because I respect our military leaders. Also, because some of them are a mess. The tribes of Asher and Ephraim, horrible women. Zeros. Frankly, I'm glad the tribes were lost to the Assyrians. I say good luck. Good luck. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to say, you are you are right, though, that I saw this headline and it didn't register at all. It wasn't until you, you told me to like to actually like read this article that I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess that is pretty fucked up, though. Really, really common. Oh, <laughs> which which Christian which Christian group believes that like one of the 13 tribes ended up emigrating to America? That's some Mormons. The Mormons, the Mormons? Okay. <laughs> and also the black Israelites. It's choose your own adventure on that one. Yeah, they also, <laughs> don't the black Israelites also believe that a tribe of Israel got to like Australia somehow? Mm, like walk you know me what? through that. I, like, I actually, that, it's funny you asked that because I asked them that same question the other day and they said, <laughs> fuck off. You smell like a wet dog. So <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. All right. Uh, 
Um, I want to just hit, since we're talking about derangement. Mm. The, the libs planking for RBJ. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty bad. But we can maybe we can do this together. Like, So I'll just read this. New polling by a group called Navigator, published by the Daily Beast, shows that Fox News viewers hold very different views than everyone else. The poll surveyed more than 1,000 registered voters to determine the beliefs of people who watch Fox News compared to people who don't. The portrait shows, or rather the portrait that emerges, shows a group of people who took Donald Trump to heart when he said, stick with us, don't believe the crap you see from fake news. The authors conclude there is an alternate reality in American politics and it plays an outsized role in the way many experience and form opinions on the most important issues facing the country. Another word for this alternate reality is propaganda. Uh, one can see this most clearly in this one finding. So among Fox News viewers, the authors write, 78% quote, believe the Trump administration has accomplished more than any administration in history. And that's compared to 17% of all other people. So that's reporting by Will Summer, who's pretty good at this stuff. Um, that's insane. On to you guys. <laughs> I got to be on. This doesn't surprise me very much. You saw a, a lot of the same from from liberals during the Obama administration. You saw the exact same from Republicans during the Bush administration, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, up until like 2006 or so. I, I think it's just uh, people tend to overestimate the extent of just how important the actions are that are occurring in the moment. And I think that kind of leads to this kind of derangement. I think like the word pro propaganda, propaganda is correct here. Yeah, but okay, I I mean, the 78% believing that Trump is the greatest president of all time. So that's four out of five. Uh, that's a little math talk for you. Four out of five think that he's the best president ever of well, the I people mean, they polled. I mean, that's... I mean, that's that's truly ridiculous. But also you're talking about a Fox News audience. So the average age is like 82 or something. They're they're just completely mush brained at this point. Yeah, like, yeah and 17 percent like, of all other people polled. <laughs> so almost 20, almost one in five of just randos that don't watch Fox News also thought like, yeah, no, Thomas Jefferson, uh, George Washington. Look, I only wear American flag themed clothing and I still think Trump is better than those losers. Yeah, but I think I think that's sort of like the it's sort of the end game. What we're like in year, what we're coming on like twenty years of Fox News now, and how at this point it's just it's team sports, and right, and, and you're not you're not. I mean, how many presidents could these people like realistically name? First of all, and second yeah. of all, it's 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 of course he's the best. Like I voted for him. He's he's got the R by his name, and of course he's the best. Who else would be the best? Not the guy I didn't vote for. Like to, to give another example, think about how many liberal pundits and and just team Democrat people like proclaimed like the ACA was like the biggest piece of legislation since at least like Social Security or something. So this may like obviously this is just propaganda's effect, but there's this really entertaining thing I think we've been going through where we had this long stretch 
within the within American political system where everybody just assumed these things that happen elsewhere can't or won't happen here, right? Like, or better, or smarter or system is uh, better designed. So, like, you can't get fascism here. You can't get like a propaganda network that makes an authoritarian popular. And it turns out you can. And we get to discover all of this uh, in the same few years. I mean, as if we haven't had it. Right. I mean, like, (laughs) I mean, there's definitely something different, though, uh, than with Trump. And I I can't think I mean, you know, the weird Christian militant shit of the Bush administration. But I mean, there's definitely something more blatant. um, Oh, yeah. With Trump that was never at the national level, like even at the height of the KKK, you know, it was God awful in the southeast. But it wasn't you know, you couldn't run on a national platform of this. Right. I mean, George Wallace couldn't win an election. Um, yeah, but, but now, Andrew Jackson did, huh? <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think the the thing with with if you go back, let's just say pre-internet was politics was far more regionalized, like to to just an insane degree. Like every like you also had local news back then as opposed to now really just existing as a massive thing. And you like politics generally tended to be a very local thing. And that allowed basically like you would have like, I think, at least from my understanding of it, the South throughout all of this has always been rather extremely racist. It just never really filtered up to a national to the national stage. I mean, no, not necessarily. I mean, Strom Thurmond ran for president and God, he got, you know, votes from Civil War survivors. George Wallace ran in 68 and 72 and I mean, drew votes away from the Democrats. Uh, I think with the news, that's interesting, though, because, you know, like we we shit on the news and we should it all the time. But, you know, before the Internet, there was sort of like a like a gateway that would block a lot of the more ridiculous shit from coming off, especially before Fox News. Like as bad as the the media is and whatever, like Ben Shapiro is not getting on CNN in 1994. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I, actually I was a a real good example of this is. Uh, remember Ron Paul when he was running, like the thing that kind of killed any of his, let's say, legitimate national exposure. Right, that was that was letter that he from had the crazy was, yeah. r- was right, was all of his newsletters from the 80s where he was just, well, it was the contents of what Ben Shapiro writes now. Right. And, you <laughs> but, know, and that back, you know, just this was just what in 2008 that ended his whatever the, his campaign was. And now that gets you, you know, you get to go on Fox News and talk. You know. Yeah, I'd like to, if, if I could transition to a similar thing here. Steve King, as an example, was asked directly, is white society better than all others? And his answer was, eh, I don't really have an answer for that. Sorry. That, that's <laughs> and then a, he said, that's so hypothetical. Yeah, here's, here's <laughs> the galaxy. No, because here's the thing. If you didn't see this, here's the galaxy brain take, right? It's not that white society is or isn't better it's that like communism we don't know because we've never really seen true communism slash white society in action uh Mm. quote no white white society's not better but it's only because we've never had the opportunity to see what white society has to offer that's an actual quote from him (laughs) he then he goes on to critique america that's right steve king thinker i'll say this Quote, America is not a white society. It's never been a completely white society. We came here and we joined the Native Americans, who, by the way, were here in many times numbers greater than ours. Mm. So this is one of those things where the Steve King doesn't believe the Irish are white, right? 
Yeah, but no. he also has bad opinions, like this thing about the Native Americans. <laughs> like, I want to see this, like, harmonious society that we formed at Plymouth with the Native Americans that then spawns the great, you know, uh, Iroquois Puritan nation that now thrives to this day. Like, what the he's, fuck is he talking he's about? He's saying, like... You know, if it weren't for the Native Americans diluting America early on, mm. who knows how many Cracker Barrels <laughs> could currently exist? That's his, that's his response to a question about, is white supremacy good, yes or no? I, I always wonder for these people who are He's in Congress. Insane. Yeah, but most congressional members have a comms director. I, I constantly wonder, like, if his comms, comms director, director for published Steve King. the meme, the Civil War meme. <laughs> That's his comms director. So his comms director is full white nationalist. Yeah. Oh, okay. of course. Please explain. So what do you think the hiring process looks like? <laughs> do you think there's someone like, so what can you offer? Uh, well, the first thing I'd do is I'd remove gender from your bathrooms. And Steve King's like, you're hired. Get posting. <laughs> Listen, no. do you believe that Pocahontas having sex with John Smith was an affront to God? Yes or no? All you have to do to get hired by Steve King is spell miscegenation, and then he, he whistles the first part of Dixie, and if you finish it, he's like, congrats, and he shakes your hand. He's from fucking Iowa. He has a Confederate flag on his desk, and he's from, like... Right. That's stolen valor, in my opinion. I agree. Well, no, it's because the Midwest is fucking populated with people who left the South after, after the Civil War because the black people were free, and they didn't want to be around them. I don't know how true that is. It's very, pretty fucking true. <laughs> it, feel, it feels true. I hate this place. Let's go to Ohio. <laughs> In fairness, look, to, to John's point, that does seem just completely unfathomable until you realize, like, I mean, southern Mississippi looks like 1850 right now. So imagine what it looked like in 1850. Uh, after the Civil War, the state of Mississippi spent two thirds of its budget on artificial limbs and prosthetics. That's my favorite uh, fucked up Civil War like tidbit for you. Just walking around with that one, huh? Yeah, just I keep that in my back pocket. At least they had the medical technology to keep all those people alive. I'm just imagining all of these carpenters just moving down there just to, set, just to like start making wooden legs for people. Right. The legendary carpenters of Mississippi. <laughs> you know what? They turned Hoppin' Jim the Racist into Standing Jim the Racist, and there's honor in that. Think it through. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to imagine like there's some like... There's some like puppeteer store down there that's been like in business for 150 years. They just got a little smaller over time. I thought I thought all of the racist people who left the South post Civil War went to the West. Yeah, they all went Especially to Texas. Especially like Oregon. That's why Oregon yeah. has like a, a straight up white nationalist constitution or did for a long time. Well, the big thing is that you used to say, you know, they would write left for Texas on their um, on like their porches and they would just pick up and go. Because land was free and they all were poor anyway, so it didn't matter. But they maybe got to Oregon. Who knows? That place is full of measles now. All right. Uh, I'm going to grab a beer. So if you guys want to talk about libs planking for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, now would be a good time. <laughs> I, I absolutely do not want to. You guys want to talk about that? What are they going to do when Trump wins again and he gets to replace her with some fascist from like... He doesn't even need to win again. She's not going to make it. Oh. 
but there's never i mean so I mean, this is this is very dc lib energy when i was uh last halloween i was wandering around i saw at least six people dressed as ruth bitter ginsburg as their costume hmm. so this is the real real dc thing but there's this weird hero thing that they attribute to her and there's never a moment of like they're they're terrified because if we lose this woman then we might lose civil rights and it's like okay but there's never a moment where they go, oh, it's kind of fucked up that uh, my civil rights depend on an ancient geriatric uh, Jewish woman who's, what, 86, 87? Yeah, also, it's already five to four. Right. They can already do everything they want. Like, So she is an impotent geriatric ancient Jewish woman, which, by the way, uh, it's, yep. odd, it's odd that Brett... Uh, work Jewish into there with uh, geriatric and ancient. We won't examine that, but let's just say, <laughs> let's just say he's a fan of Omar's dog whistle being blown. <laughs> did you see that? Uh, since you were mentioning Ilhan, and did you see that spread that was in the Washington Post today? The ad. Oh my yeah. God! It was no, no, real. Was it? Oh my God! You're in for a treat. How does that get this- printed? So this uh, this dude Rabbi Shmuley um, got to print a full. It was it was a, a double uh, dual page ad, right? So when you open it up, it's the entire paper, uh, just shitting on Ilhan and saying she's anti-Semitic because she criticized Israel, and it's just nonstop Islamophobic dog whistles in that one. Yeah, I'm. I get, I have to admit, I guess I'm a little shocked. Waypo would print that. See, I'm gonna take the opposite approach here. I, I don't actually think this was terrible. I thought this was a, a nice reminder that for all the furor over digital advertising and, and the influence it has and who exactly is buying it, even quaint old media like the newspaper can still be totally garbage and completely bereft of morality. So thank you, Washington Post, for that. Yeah, I, I will say is uh, just looking at it is this, I, I think what we're seeing here is that with the uh, with as many presidential candidates as dropping are dropping out of APAC is that they are looking at their polling and being that's done internally and people don't really buy this is that I think we're just seeing another example of as with Trump's election that the media elite and like the pundits might be still buying into this like completely and saying that this is anti-Semitic this is terrible everyone else looks at this and goes what what the fuck is going on here this isn't and i think they're very much on the on the losing side here yeah speaking of losing sides you know who isn't going into apac but does suck is a little someone called gillibrand brett uh (laughs) do you want to set this up or, or brad do you want to take a shot at this uh i'll go ahead and say something about good old kirsten gillibrand uh, Kirsten came out with a uh, big statement about uh, opioids uh, and essentially where she said that we just shouldn't prescribe them for anything more than seven days, um, what she called acute pain, and then compared it to uh, getting a tooth pulled, which is not necessarily an instance where you'd even be prescribed opioids, but that's fine. Um, and she was absolutely dunked all over on Twitter for this until she finally, I mean, the next day came back and retracted her entire proposal. Uh, because of how much shit she got for such a very oversimplified and pretty worthless, uh, pretty worthless uh, solution to the opioid crisis. 
Damn, it's so almost like as a legislator, I should have checked with the people I represent ahead of time rather than just putting shit out there to attempt virtue signaling for my general election base. So you, you all know more about this than I do. Why is this such a terrible proposal? Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, it, the so you're sort of making this sort of like uh, you're saying that doctors cannot prescribe for more than seven days. And I'll give a very specific example. She's saying this is for acute pain versus chronic. Chronic pain means three months. It's sort of an arbitrary you know time limit that was just legislated. It's fine. It's whatever. But there are certain things that are going to require pain medication for more than seven days. So like, for example, let's say you have a traumatic femur injury or something like that. And you're going to be in rehab for a month and a half trying to learn how to walk again. Like the pain is going to be substantial. So what they're saying now is like, well, you can't have these pills um, or we're going to have to make you get a, a new. It's very unclear about whether you're allowed to just get a new prescription every seven days, um, which is just you know tedious. The biggest problem is that when you limit a person's access to these medications, uh, overprescribed as they are, they do have a purpose and they do have you know reason to be there. Um, you're increasing the instance where they are going to go away from their medical providers for this, and you're going to get like something that you know exactly what it is, and you're going to push them to the street where God only knows what they're putting up their nose or putting in their veins or taking, and it's just going to make the, it will not be a solution to any problem at all. Yeah, uh, not we were looking for just a simple "it's bad and dumb," but thank you for the explanation, bro. Oh, you got it. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> yeah, no, not not to sincere post verbally, which is what I call just talking like a normal human at this point. Um, <laughs> like, instead of going after like the Sackler family, which they'll never do, like they have more dollars than cents. Uh, one of the heirs has a clothing oh, line and just started a, started a new Soho house, but for women entrepreneurs in New York City. Oh, that's so um, good. Yeah. They sponsor, Is he going to pair up with the Coke kid? Yeah. The coke. Look, it's, I encourage you to look up Sackler Soho house in Google and try not to kill <laughs> yourself. That's, that's, it's extremely depressing. But Sacklers have a lot of money. Um, they'll fight you in court. They own one quarter of the Met Museum in New York. Like they are immensely wealthy off of the blood and bone of countless Americans. And instead of having Gillibrand focus her sights on that, she puts out this policy that, like Brad said, uh, which I'm sure he'll have more to say after he's done fucking typing clearly into the <laughs> microphone. Might be. Um, all this pain like trickles down. So in the same way, it's insane to think that like every American needs to do exactly 40 hours of work because that's exactly how much work is available in any given week for every human being in order to make our economy productive. It's insane to think that every medical condition can be treated with seven days of painkillers. First of all, the primary care people don't want to give you painkillers. You're getting aspirin. You're getting naproxen in higher dosages than you can get off the shelf. And you're in pain a lot of times. And people are afraid to ask for the actual relief they need and is medically necessary in a lot of cases because they know it's going to be the one option, which is opioids. And they know how their doctor is going to respond. Furthermore... Right. To Brad's thing about like, okay, maybe you'll get another prescription for after the first seven days. There is already a problem in America where 
states keep passing these anti-opioid procedures, and it means, or sorry, anti-opioid uh, projects, and it means that people that have genuine pain, chronic pain conditions, cancer, trauma, uh, burn something of in one case, like when they go to a pharmacy, especially the big box ones, like CVS doesn't want to be seen as dispensing opiates. So they can just tell you, oh no, we're out of that. Or sorry, that's not available here. In New York, if you're trying to fill a prescription for opiates, it's fairly normal that you'll have to go to seven, eight, nine, 10, 12, 15 different pharmacies. Because if you're, again, a big pharmacy company, you don't want to be seen dispensing them. And if you're a smaller, like local mom and pop type pharmacy, if you put out too many opiates, regardless of the needs of your community, you're going to get a DEA audit. Yeah. And you're going to be in a lot of trouble. At least she, Brad, you did chase, she, she pulled it back, right? After the reaction. Oh, I mean, she, she ran back as hard as she could. She said, uh, I'm, I'm, par- I'll take it. I'm, honestly, I'm paraphrasing. She says, listen, I am open to input because we've got to get this right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we horrifically fucked this up and you all were way angrier than we thought you'd be. So we're going to shut the fuck up and never mention this again. Oh, yeah, this will never, this isn't on our webpage at all. This will never be mentioned again. Yeah, I was going to say, because like my understanding of it is the, the problem with the opioid crisis was that or is that they uh, it being prescribed has like been drastically falling over the past like five years as all this research came out. And the problem with the research was that the pharmaceutical companies were just putting out that, oh, yeah, this stuff that we're we're pushing on night now, completely non-addictive. The way the formula works is it's time release. So you can't get up. And of course, it was incredibly addictive. Right. The yeah, also the rele- time. Go ahead. Uh, the extended release ended up being incredibly more addictive. And they lo- lobbied the FDA pretty extensively saying that, like, no, if you do this extended release, it will lower addiction rates. And the FDA was like, yeah, sure. That sounds right. Well, turns out the uh, exact opposite is true um and so that's really changed how doctors now prescribe opioids and that sort of thing yeah also uh not for nothing but um the sackler family has now had to admit in court that in the original marketing for this opioid they said that the time release actually did the full duration of the time release so if you're a doctor and you're like okay there are 12 hour pills so you need two of them a day so you need a 60 quantity right that makes sense your whole month is now covered uh unfortunately the researchers internally at purdue pharma knew that there's no fucking way that that painkiller lasts for 12 hours it lasts for four to seven Hmm. so now you need around three times more and that was leading people directly to running out on like day 19 and going to heroin to fight out the withdrawals or buying these things which are diverted from your grandmother on the street. All of this opioid epidemic is directly traceable to one American family whose address is probably available publicly online. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's like how many people died in Benghazi three, like how many Amer- and how many investigations were there into that? How many people yeah. have died in this opioid epidemic? Now that we're in the serious part of the podcast, let's talk about the other real depressing thing. Uh, the Boeing Max 8 crashes. So they had their second one. About the a Max week and 8 half ago. stands for the number of survivors. 
Jesus. At max. Maximum eight are walking away. Look, by the way, if you're losing a whole airframe, honestly, you're happy with that. Uh, this, by the way, is part of the reason we didn't record last week. Uh, the combo of this plus storms meant I got stuck in an airport. So, thanks again, so, Boeing. Oh, so you were impacted most of all. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, why thank, I'm upset. Thank, thanks again, <laughs> Boeing. I mean, you've harmed so many people. I mean, definitely the ones you killed, but also Brett sitting in fucking who gives a shit Missouri having to fuck around on his iPad for a couple extra hours. <laughs> Think of the dozens of people that download this podcast every month or so that didn't get to hear it because of that. Listen, I'm just trying to prioritize. You know what? I It's... It, Life would make more sense if it was only a couple dozen, but at this point, the number is, it's growing worryingly large. (laughs) It's really, it's a commentary on the state of affairs. I won't say the exact number. Let's just say the number of digits should make you want to go talk to your family. (laughs) (laughs) Something I'm doing is successful. How do I cope with this? Oh, well, I wouldn't go that far. Anyway, the Max A, uh, which is also the name for Brett's erection. Two are too familiar with each other. How dare you? It's 2019. <laughs> I'm sorry that you don't experience this. <laughs> I'm sorry we're close, John. Anyway, In your isolation think, on the computer. You don't know what this is like. John, p- please stop interrupting Brett with the riffs. He's trying to talk about this horrible airframe uh, catastrophe. Continue. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, so these planes have uh, all these fucking automated systems, one of which constantly turns the nose up or down based off of a few readings. And that system when it goes haywire, just forces the plane of the nose, the nose of the plane down, which just keeps causing these crashes. And Boeing had two features that were available to help pilots understand the system. Um, And one of the optional upgrades was the angle of attack indicator. So it would actually show the readings of the two sensors that fight with each other. And then the other one, which again was optional, was something called a disagree light, which shows up if the sensors are fighting each other. Wait. So they had these systems working and there's no readings of them whatsoever is what I get out of this. Why would that be something you should sell for extra? That doesn't... Look, uh, this is the most American thing possible. Like uh, Bjorn Fam, which, okay, buddy, that's what you want your name to be. Um, <laughs> said, look, these systems are critical and they cost almost nothing for the airlines to install. Boeing charges for them because it can but they're vital for safety. Uh, that's the most American thing possible. If another example is Boeing charges extra, for example, uh, uh, for a backup fire extinguisher in the cargo hold. So past incidents have shown that a single extinguishing system isn't enough to put out flames that spread pretty rapidly through a flying plane. So like regulators in Japan require airlines to install backup fire extinguishing systems. FAA, not so much. So uh, they're really running on the Sims 4 model, which is buy the DLC or fuck you and die. Uh, so we talked about this before. In the fall, Florida 
finally voted to restore voting rights to felons. Uh, and it was by the people and it was an amendment. So it's kind of hard for the state to do much about it. They're going to slow play the rollout, but it is a constitutional amendment. So it's going to get put into law no matter what. So in return, in order to help balance out all those new votes that the Republicans in power are afraid will vote against them, uh, they're proposing a new amendment, a House committee is, that would strip Floridians of the right to vote if they haven't been able to pay court fines and fees. Critical support on the first bit. Stripping Floridians of voting is a good idea. (laughs) But the way they're doing it, the way they're implementing it, I do not agree with. Continue. I mean, this is just a straight poll tax. The, that is a poll tax. If you can't pay the fine, you don't get to vote. Oh, absolutely. Um, this hits close to home because this would have disenfranchised me, actually. Brett, I don't know if you know this. Like, um, I had a couple of violations in Florida. It's not a big deal. Um, but because I'm white and I knew I'd be li- leaving Florida, I just went, yeah, I'm not going to worry about that. And I, I found out years later when my dad called me, he was like, you know, there's a warrant out for you. <laughs> I was like, that rules. That's impossible. How can that be? And he's just like, I don't know. Did you have like fines and a court date and everything? And I was like, yeah, but I don't fucks with that, huh? And he was like, I'm so disappointed in you. And he ended up having to pay it just so I wouldn't get arrested next time I come for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I can't make it to the family reunion. I've got the man looking out for me in Florida. Florida, so look it was an ironclad excuse i mean that's pretty now, fucking metal like to be honest like a way to get many, out of how things. many times how frequently do you think florida thanksgivings are ruined because one family member has a warrant out for their arrest and can't come back to the state <laughs> that's most florida thanksgiving i'm not joking i've been at florida thanksgivings where we deep fried two turkeys and four people were currently on the lamb <laughs> my uncle is currently a fugitive and to the nsa guy listening after those steve scalise comments i do not know his whereabouts <laughs> i'm just picturing just a row of cop cars on 95 just waiting just like the day before thanksgiving and they're just running every plate that comes through oh yeah my ideas if you're at fll international on like the weekend of Thanksgiving, there's just a paddy wagon where they direct people <laughs> straight into the back. I really, I really wonder how many of the listeners have ever like experienced a Florida Thanksgiving. Cause like no matter what it is, it's just, it's, it's the worst thing you've experienced. It's pathetic. It's terrible. Yeah. I'm just presuming it's a source of like, let's say 20% of the, of the Turkey fryer, uh, setting your house on fire stories. Yeah, it feels, low. Here. Yeah, it feels, feels low. low. Yeah. That's very low. Again, I can't emphasize enough as someone who's had to handle them how dangerous deep frying an entire turkey can be. Oh, absolutely. Deep fryers are incredibly dangerous, especially if it's the first time you've ever done it and you're going to do it on a most people are doing it on a deck. All right, problem yep. one. <laughs> yep. And you're doing multiple at once. You're and drunk. you're dealing with a bunch of fucking drunk Miami Dolphins fans. They're the and ringleaders. You- and you definitely did not defrost the turkey. Oh, and it's fro- it's frozen solid. And there's too much oil in the fryer. So as soon as you drop yeah, that you, thing you in. Brimmed, you brimmed that tank. Yeah. There's more than one person in my family missing a hand because of an alligator. Okay? <laughs> we're not going to figure out deep frying turkeys. And that said, we're also not going to miss out on a deep fried turkey because of a little thing like a Broward County warrant. So, you know. <laughs> They are delicious when you can pull them off. 
It's really not difficult to do. I, 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 yeah. I don't know how many, I mean, so many people set themselves on fire trying to do this. It's, it's very simple. Yeah. Again, they're, they're simple to do in a control group. But when you get, <laughs> when you get to Davie, Florida at about 7.30 PM and we're hammered for making fun of the, the Detroit Lions and someone goes, yo, that pressure cooking looking real gay. I'm going to kick it. And that's how this happens. <laughs> that, that's a transcript from <laughs> the court proceedings. I had to attend as a character witness. Yeah, I mean, to, to give the serious answer to this, is this is clearly a poll tax because if you've never been arrested... Uh, it is very common for court fees to be significantly beyond what uh, most people with low incomes can afford to pay. So this is very clearly a poll tax. People who've been uh, charged with felonies are going to have to pay thousands of dollars that they absolutely that, that they absolutely cannot will not be able to. Now, there's they still owe these court fees even after uh, serving their yes. sentence. Yes. Uh huh. What sense does that make? Uh, get money, fuck the poor. If you're looking for sense in Florida, brother, I got bad news for you. <laughs> Speaking he's of- from a he's from Georgia, a state where they still make uh, any public uh, state government officials or people just assisting with the state for certain types of work swear that they're not part of the Communist Party. So he has a different sort of sense. <laughs> yeah, that that's a real thing, by the way. Yeah. If you want to work in government in Georgia, you have to swear you're not a communist, which is dumb. Uh, but then you also have to swear an oath to the Georgia Constitution, which is <laughs> just embarrassing. Like, have some, have some self-respect. I have a podcast, and that's too embarrassing for me. <laughs> I'm trying to, like... I- <laughs> I have to imagine like the 12 remaining members of the Communist Party USA, aside from all of them just being FBI agents, just must be kind of happy that there's still that there's still relevance there. Like, yeah, the other day I got a follow back from the Communist Party USA. Hell yeah. That's yeah. true. Like they, they, they followed me on Twitter and I was like, oh, sad. You should, <laughs> say, hello. You should say hello to Officer Johnson. So, you know, we're all shitting on Georgia and that's all well and good. But this isn't even the most important, like embarrassing thing that you have to vow. Because in Rockdale County, which is just outside of Atlanta, if you want a marriage license, you have to prove that you do not have syphilis. Still, this is a 70 year old rule that they've just never gotten rid of. That's fucking awesome. Because you got to think about what was happening at the time that they went... All right, y'all, this syphilis epidemic is out of fucking control. And I'm pretty sure no one has sex outside of marriage. So I have the solution. <laughs> well, the, the answer to that was that the syphilis epidemic was completely out of control and people's noses were rotting off. So the. the yeah, yeah. Shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it was like early 20th century United States was just nothing but like. <laughs> alcohol and hepatitis and syphilis, I guess. You know, and yeah, in George- that context, Georgia politics over the last 200 years makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> <laughs>